for me, it was first the change of country and the separation, and then the trust to follow what I'm calling in is coming. So I can trust, I can trust the universe that things are coming my way that I'm calling in. And then that leap of faith of like, yeah, this is where I'm going. And I had no idea what I'm going to do afterwards. I already always knew that I, um, that my soul's purpose is to be a healer in this lifetime. And there were many things I knew I had to do before. So I knew that when I quit, this is the path I want to walk. Um, I didn't know how, when, where, what, <laughs> but I knew I had to leave. Hello, and welcome to The Art of Lost and Found, a podcast all about the process of creative recovery. From those low lows to the high highs, this podcast explores what it means to be a truly creative person and how creativity is a superpower that we all have that we can use for our own well-being and transformation. I'm your host, Brooke Esten. The guest on today's show is Hannah Rudis, an incredible healer, guide, coach, and facilitator. Hannah spends her days guiding women through feminine embodiment, ancestral clearing, female sexuality, and womb wisdom. And although I have been to several retreats and worked with her privately to help clear my own unhealed traumas, that is definitely not the context in which we first became close. In what feels like a different lifetime, Hannah and I worked together in Vienna and Amsterdam when we both were part of the Impact Hub global team. We were deep in the world of social entrepreneurship, community building, and full-on startup life. But the company relied heavily on the passion and youthful energy of its mostly 20-something network, which Hannah and I were very much a part of until our systems could no longer handle it. Although we left at different times and for different reasons, that experience was a huge part of what led us both into our own deep transformational healing journeys. When Hannah was younger, she had endless bladder infections. She was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, experienced severe pain with sex and masturbation, and had all but given up on healing. But instead of giving up on her healing completely, she decided to first explore a different kind of healing journey and booked a spontaneous trip to Thailand for an intensive shamanism and tantra retreat that changed just about every aspect of her life. She discovered the connections between her illnesses and her deep traumas that went all the way back through her family lineage. The deeper she went, the more she discovered. Hannah says the tantric, Taoist, and shamanic path opened her heart, body, soul, and reconnected her with her divine feminine energy, which opened up new relationship dimensions across all elements of her life. Originally from Hamburg, Germany, and currently living in Portugal, Hannah now spends her time helping women connect with their bodies by learning to see the beauty, grace, power, and purpose in all of life's challenges, joys, and changes. A special side note for this episode, in case you haven't picked up on it already, 
We are pretty woo-woo and unconventional around the topics of spirituality, mysticism, healing, and alternative medicine. If that isn't your vibe, then this probably isn't the episode for you. But if hearing things like the divine feminine or womb space is totally your jam, then let's get into it. Welcome to the Art of Lost and Found, Hannah. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Brooke. What a gift to see you again here. Yeah. So you and I go way back to what feels like almost a previous lifetime when we were working together at Impact Hub, living together in Amsterdam, very deep in the world of social entrepreneurship and trying to use the tool of entrepreneurship to Mm -hmm. create a more just and fair and livable world. That experience, I think, served both of us really well, Um, but both of us have continued our journey in trying to find what is that vehicle that we can use to to better support uh, and usher in the kind of world that we're both looking to co-create. So take us back to Hamburg in the 1980s with little baby toddler Hannah. And how did creativity show up for you initially at that point of your life? Were you creating worlds in your mind? Did you have imaginary friends? Were you making something physical? Were you exploring your environment? Like how did creativity first show up in in your life experience? Yeah, it's such an interesting question because for many years I couldn't really recall my childhood on so many levels and it was a journey to actually access that. So now um, I was many times encouraged to be more creative, but I was blocking my own self. Like I was brought or my mom like brought me to a drawing class and I was like until this day I have no idea how to draw a human or a dog or whatsoever like my lines just don't match any like no one will recognize it but myself (laughs) um but there was always a perfectionism inside of me who was trying to judge my own creativity that nowadays I know why that was there and that was from my lineage but back in the days I was just like my own perfectionist was out there um and I was, at least how my mom told me, I was really creative and also having different imaginary friends and like being more out there and like explorative until an age of four and then it all somehow shut off. And um, then um, like a, a doctor encouraged me to play the flute. So that was one way of just really one way of creativity, uh, whereas uh, my flute teacher ended up being my therapist, I think, <laughs> because we talked more than I ever played the flute. Um, and, and there were days I was like, I really want to play the guitar, but like I always like tried, like I always found excuses somehow why I wasn't able, why I wasn't good enough. And my, I feel that my mom and dad always tried to encourage me, but I was blocking myself somehow. Can you share a little bit about how it manifested anyway? Because that's what happens is you try to suppress these parts of yourself that you think, no, this is not a worthy part for the world to see, but Mm -hmm. inevitably it starts expressing itself in different 
ways in different forms. Yeah. So do you, do you have a sense of how it started surfacing your, your creative energy started surfacing in your life? Yeah. So that might take us onto a whole different Great. route, but let's see. Right. <laughs> so I, um, so what I would think now, what I know now is that our creative energy, at least in my belief, like lies in our womb space. And I was born with um, a vagina that was partially closed and I had heavy cramps when I was bleeding and I would get onto the pill and I would, um, so my body has always been like my biggest teacher and my soul has been speaking so loud every day since I was little. I was born with a big skin sickness. So every time I tried to suppress my creative energy, like using that word, like it's like, my body got louder and louder and louder and I got more pain. I got more sicknesses. I had intensely blood infection or whatsoever. And um, I would just ha keep having pain and would then go with my own, like old me was then going to like the hospital doctors and getting pills and trying to like suppress it even more and suppress it even more. Um, until the point I even thought that this is the way it's, it is and that's normal and that's the way I should feel and it would make me every time I would take antibiotics or whatever like there was a part of me was dying like and I didn't feel it that way in that moment but after now I know so um and it was just like this image is coming now this like society making me smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller um like going to doctors and they're just saying no 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 that's normal that's normal just get over it and I was like no so there was a part and that was when I when we were working together in Impact Hub where I was um like gaining a lot of weight and I was just um I was fainting a lot and my yeah so the symptoms that you're asking for is my body showed me and for me that was like has always been the biggest messenger um and for me it took me onto the route to in the root of the womb and the womb of like where I come from and where I was like like birthed from <laughs> and so for me, it was first the healing of the womb and I wasn't bleeding for years. So to come back to like, when I hit that wall, I knew that the, or the, I heard this inner voice coming out and it's like, there's more out there, Hannah, just trust, mm. trust, mm. trust. And the moment I surrendered into that trust and I quit, um, and I left my last boyfriend. Um, so I just, I took that leap of faith to just like let go of quite a few humans in my life, to let go of a job, to jump into the unknown of like, wait, what's out there? But I know that that is my path because I know that my body is not here to live on this planet being sick all the time. Like, it's just not the truth. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of how, how like the symptoms was through my body yeah. yeah and how how did you get to that place of when you're in pain and when something unfamiliar is happening to your body it's very understandable and normal to rely on the structures that we have around medicine mm -hmm. right to go to the hospital if you're constantly fainting or you don't mm -hmm. get your period for an extended period of time. So 
Can you talk a little bit more about how you got to the point where you could even hear that voice inside you? Mm -hmm. And then once you heard it, did you hear it and immediately trust it? Or was there a period of starting to familiarize yourself with that voice and understanding and accepting that that is my intuition? That is Mm -hmm. my higher self. That is me trying to guide myself to to find where my true north is. Mm-hmm. Like, can you go into a little bit of that lost to found kind of catalytic moment? Yeah. Yeah, so thinking back, I think it was really when I kept going to doctors and them saying that it's getting better with that pill or that it's all okay, but I kept like there was a point where, for example, I would have sex and afterwards immediately would need to go to the hospital to get mm-hmm. antibiotics because I had a blood infection with um, with blood inside of my urine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not like so. But then they said, you have to do this in order to get it better. And it didn't. So I think there was always, there was a, so I was going in cycles where I was, someone would tell me something, or I would go to doctors and I would bring my partner or friend and they would be annoyed by me bringing someone else's opinion along. Mm. And so I felt that the doctors even got scared and I'm, I'm a really sensitive person. So I'm really sensitive in terms of energies. And when I felt that even doctors were like, yeah, I don't know. Like they didn't say, I don't know, but I felt that, I don't know. That's when I was like, no, like this can't be true. But because I didn't study gynecology or I didn't study X, Y, Z, I was like, no, she must know better because she studied it, which in some forms and in some ways I totally resonate with that, but not, um, not in this, like not in this form. So, um, and and then to your other question regards my intuition, I feel that I've always been someone who I've always heard her. Mm. Like I've always heard my intuition on some level, but I've never trusted her on the on the depth of it. Mm. Like if I, I think there my my head kicked in, such as moments where it's like, no, trust the doctor. She's she studied for 10 years. Mm. So I like when it came to like moments of job decisions or health I was like no 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 let's 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 lead the brain because it's important um but that's when when I felt that their opinion and their choices that they would tell me weren't didn't have a solid ground I think this is when I decided to to trust my inner voice um more than I would trust them and because I was just going in circles and it was just, it wouldn't make sense. And at the same time, I had like people in my surrounding being worried and that would also help me. Like my, I was so tired, like I had zero energy. And also when like my, the first doctor would tell me you have diabetes. And I was like, okay, what? <laughs> the second, so I had with, I think within four weeks I had five different diagnoses. And I was like, uh, this can't be true. So, and I think that's when I was like, no, like this can't be true and that's when I like took that leap of faith to like dive deeper into my intuition Mm -hmm. what did you do like what was the first thing that you did did you just quit and give yourself that kind of open space to just be with yourself and feel into what was next or did you do it kind of more gradually like 
ooh, I found this program that I want to enroll in and I want to study and I've just bought it. So now I need to quit my job mm -hmm. and, and move forward. Like how much spaciousness mm -hmm. did you give for the unknown, like the complete unknown? And how much of it were you like, oh, I'm just going to take one step at a time here and see the path reveal itself to me as I'm walking? Yeah. So the first thing that just came to my mind is that I'm a manifesting generator when it comes to human design. Human design is like a very... Me too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty fast and I work super fast and I'm pretty fast in manifesting and I'm not really like waiting a year let's mm -hmm. say so if something comes I go with it um so so I was back in the days I was living in Serbia uh with my partner um back then and there was a moment where I was even considering um asking him to marry me mm -hmm. and four weeks later um, I decided to end this relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think there was, so it was, and I knew that there was a, there was a part of me who was just like, you either going to stay with him and you're going to like be suppressed, not by him, but by my own choice. Um, or you're going to take that leap of faith and go mm -hmm. and go and move to Portugal. I had no idea why I moved to Portugal. It was mm -hmm. just like a calling. There was the ocean, I guess, but not, other than that, I had no idea what it's expecting me. So I think that was the first. So I decided to leave him. Beautiful man, just not my the person I'm supposed to marry. Um, and so I decided within a week to move to Portugal. So that was my first. I still kept my job, but I moved countries because I needed a new environment, a new environment where I could breathe, where I could stand on the horizon, see the horizon and breathe more and see more and be with the waves. Um, and I knew with me separating from him, I knew that this is when I'm going to dive into sexual healing. Mm -hmm. And because I was most afraid of my sexual healing, I was prolonging <laughs> the, um, the separation of him because I knew that that's where I'm going to go. And I was afraid. So that's um, kind of was also was in the place. So when I moved to Portugal, I was, I was like, okay, now it's time, Hannah. Now you need to dive deep into this. Mm -hmm. So and then I was at a, at a training in Cambodia on um, authentic leadership. And that's where I was sitting next to a beautiful woman in the plane who was telling me about a tantra training that she's just done with incredible teachers. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I signed up. I didn't even read the website. I didn't wow. know anything, but I knew that I was calling in sexual healing. I was mm -hmm. sitting next to her. She told me I would never go to a tantra training without being it recommended because of the most potent energy we have. I wouldn't go randomly online. So she, so I showed up in Thailand. <laughs> um, and you, you were in Cambodia at this time, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. And I showed up in Thailand and I was like, hi. Um, and that's when I only knew that it was shamanic and tantric and Taoist training um because I didn't read anything and there were three teachers it was the teacher the founder of the biggest tantra festival um and then a couple where both of them are still my teachers so and that's kind of when it all yeah when it all started on a deeper level but it was that it was the um, and that's when I quit my job <laughs> uh, I knew the moment I booked the place I, I booked the um, training 
Mm-hmm. I already told my boss, I'm most likely going to quit in a month, just so mm-hmm. you already know. And then I came back from the training and I told her, yeah, 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 it's definitely happening. I'm leaving. Yeah. So for me, it was first the change of country and the separation and then the trust to follow what I'm calling in is coming so I can trust. I can trust the universe that mm-hmm. things are coming my way that I'm calling in. And then that leap of faith of like, yeah, this is where I'm going. And I had no idea what I'm going to do afterwards. I already always knew that I, um, that my soul's purpose is to be a healer in this lifetime. Mm. And there were many things I knew I had to do before. So I knew that when I quit, this is the path I want to walk. Um, I didn't know how, when, where, what, <laughs> but I knew I had to leave. So this is kind of how it unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. And and can you give a little bit of context really into sort of three very loaded um, terms that you put out there that maybe some people don't have the association with? The first is the womb and the womb space, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. typically we hear that referred to as the uterus and it's in a mm-hmm. more of a technical medical kind of context, but the, the mm-hmm. womb space and the womb center, the womb energy, I think it'd be helpful to unpack that. And then mm-hmm. also um, the other three styles of teaching and training that were part of that experience, the Tantra, the Shamanic, uh, and the Taoist. Our womb space is, as women and also men have an energetic womb. Now you will most likely ask me what's an energetic womb, but let's let's stick with the first one. So um, so physically our womb space is for us as women our core and it's our it's our center and it's it's our center of creation where we create life and where we also create death. And it's our center of creativity. And at the same time, our womb, our womb space, which involves uh, our our uterus and it is the place where we as women store most of our emotions and our wounds and our traumas so if in my case I had um, a really intense feminine lineage so their traumas were stored in my womb and hence I wasn't bleeding um, and I had a lot of pain. I also, I was diagnosed with infertility at one point. So all of that was stored in there. My womb in its, let's say in its more functional way, couldn't work because it was stored with traumas and it was stored with um, blockages inside. So, um, so if we as women don't allow ourselves to go through the cycle each month, and bleed and go through death and feel and um and if we have a tendency to be disconnected from our cycle um and disconnected from our creativity and by creativity i mean the same like such as an idea right or the creation of something um not just the painting of, of a piece of art um it often happens when we are disassociated from our womb space and so And it's also the place where we, as women, we store an imprint of each of the lovers that we had in our lives. Mm -hmm. So if their blockages and traumas can be stored in there, um, and hence we might feel 
we might get PMS or we might um, get a lot of mood swings throughout the cycle in a weird way, or we might stop bleeding or get endometriosis or PCO or cervical cancer or whatsoever. So there is so many reasons of why it's so important to come back to that that nature, that core that like lies inside of us. And we don't just see it as a functional organ that annoys us each month. <laughs> um, because it's the root in an our topic, it's the root of our creativity and it's the root of creation because we all, literally everyone <laughs> came out of a womb, right? Like we all came and we were all, we all came onto this planet and that gets me into Tantra. We all, um, got into this planet through the activation of sexual energy mm-hmm. and tantra in i mean that if you are um, asked 100 tantra teachers they will all answer you a different way but um for me it's a it's a form of belief that involves sexual energy and it doesn't suppress it it doesn't neglect it as a lot of other um, beliefs do mm-hmm. and and it invites us to come into union. And at the end, sexual energy is 5% of the whole tantric belief um, and the whole tantric practices, but it, it allows us to be there and it allows the sexual energy to be in our lives and to flow with it, let's say. So for me, Tantra is the coming into union with myself, um, with others around me and with the planet and the universe that we live on. And, and for me, that's weaving in with a with the shamanic practices, which for me is, um, it's the energy work. It's the work where we go, where we connect with different peoples on an energetic level, where we connect with different dimensions, um, with different dimensions of the universe of the world. When we connect with different people that already passed away, or like ancestor cleaning. When we talk to the earth, when we feel the earth energy when we work with the elements. So it's like, for me, shamanic is like the whole going from things we can just touch to like going one layer deeper and like feeling what, what is a table <laughs> or what is, what is that plant feeling on an, on an energetic level. And um, it's a lot of breath and it's a lot the medicine of the, of the air, the medicine um, of the earth, of the water. So yeah. Yeah. So that's and for me, like that weaves so beautifully in because for me, a lot of the shamanic work is around clearing mm-hmm. and clearing the past and clearing the energies around us. And for me, one of the most fundamental practices when we move into tantric practices is that we are cleared and that we don't engage with someone so that they get an imprint of our wounds, but that we take full ownership of, of the shit that we've been through about the shit our parents went through (laughs) and then we take ownership and say this is like it's enough like it's enough I'm not available for that I clear it and then I can meet someone else because then that connection will be much deeper more fulfilling on so 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 many levels yeah yeah I I think the clearing aspect is so fundamental and so essential yet it's something that is not talked about in at the same level as adding more stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you begin the clearing process? What is that? What what is the entry point into that space? 
and what kind of guidance or support would somebody need to be able to really do that well? What I believe is when we clear, we clear on four levels. We clear on the mental aspect, on the energetic aspect, on the emotional aspect, and on the physical body aspect. Mm. Um, so in my belief, like it doesn't serve us if we just clear our brain and like say, no, I'm not available anymore for, um, I don't know, for evil relationships because <laughs> um, there is most of the time there's something deeper and we need to also clear our emotions so we need to be able to cry through that and to really feel it and to feel the pain that that certain aspect of our life has brought to us um, and we need to clear our energy field with it and we need to clear our body because most of our wounds, if they're not stored in our womb, they're stored somewhere in our bodies. And sometimes we have pain in our jar or in our, um, I don't know, leg or whatever. And it's not that there's actual pain. It's just that there's a wound there that wants to be taken out. So, and for me, it's always the first step is always understanding that it's okay to let go. And that's important to let go because we are always told that like so many people are afraid that they don't know who they are anymore if they let go. Yeah. Some people are afraid that they don't, like, who am I if I let all of that go? Mm-hmm. And the important part is that that's when you find yourself. So for me, it's always the first, like the layer of understanding that it's okay. And then it's also to slowly maybe start letting go of physical items. Or, and then for most of the journeys, it is required a facilitated journey, I believe, because there are deeper things that will be let go, especially on the body level and on the, on the energetic level. Because sometimes we get stuck on the emotional one and we just cry and cry or we get angry and angry. And when we don't have the funnel to let things out, yeah. we, get, ah, or we, <laughs> we get angry and we like, mess up all our relationships because it's all inside and we don't have a funnel to let it out but some people first need the guidance to understand what are the tools to release um so that they can then safely have that as a practice at home because for example me i do release practices at least three times a week Mm -hmm. because always there's something that we can um like there's always an emotion either that came up or me now with my new puppy um, <laughs> I need to move through, but there's always something, right? It's like releasing and letting go. It's not a practice that we do once a year or once a life. It's, it's part of our journey because there will always come people into our lives that we are invited to let go. There are always things we get that we are invited to let go. There are always energies that come into our life that we are ready to let go. Um, and we evolve, we change. And it's always important to ask ourselves, what am I still available for? Like really, truly, what am I available for? Because um, that's when we also shift and when we invite, when we close or let things, of, things go, we open up and we can actually receive the things we are available for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that resonates so much with me once you start really realizing and recognizing that you're in an unhealthy cycle that's not making things better and in fact is making things worse, like emotionally, physically, spiritually, making it worse, I think that is is helpful in identifying that line between release and commitment. 
Yeah. Do I, do I lean into how do I let this go and create more space? Or do I lean into now I'm doubling down on this and I'm just pushing hard in this direction? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if you have any, any thoughts or, or perspective on how you identify where mm-hmm. that line is based on what experience you're you're having. When we release, it's so important that we release from that state of gratitude, right? Yes. And like like gratitude, like thank you for all the teachings you've given me, for yeah. the time you spent, for the laughters, for the lovemaking, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. And not from this like, I don't want you anymore. Because yeah. that's when we don't fully release, right? Then it's something is still stuck on that because we've not. Um, I don't necessarily connect so much with the word forgiveness, but like when we don't complete it, that like, because some, and some people will always only come into your life for a certain period to be there for a certain period. And some people will stick for the rest of our lives. But I think this piece of um, gratitude and forgiveness and love is so important. Mm. Yeah. And then in terms of the thin line between do I invest more or do I let go? For me personally, it's been, the more we create or find ourselves, however we want to call it, mm-hmm. it's um, the more we only attract people in our lives mm-hmm. that meet us on an eye to eye and on a heart level. Yeah. And from female friendships, I want to say that if we feel um, manipulated, if we feel judged, um, if we feel that someone is just um, taking a lot um, of our energy, if we feel deprived after talking to that person, if we constantly do that, if we um, cry after calls, but can't show that, Mm -hmm. like if we can't show, like if we cry after call, like sitting there like, what did I do? But she doesn't hear me or like what? And I'm not saying this can also be in male and male or male and female, right? Anything of that. But I think the point where we can't talk about all of that and where we have to hide certain aspects of ourselves, it's time to let go. Yes. And it's not time to double down onto the, uh, to um, invest more into it. Yeah. Um, and we genuinely feel like if you f- feel that genuinely you, um, your energy is high when you left that person or you just feel connected and you feel respected and you feel fully seen, this is a place where you should invest. Yeah. Like, cause that's a nourishing friendship. Like it's nourishing you, it's nourishing your soul. Um, yeah. But it starts with you accepting all aspects of yourself. And when you accept all of aspects of yourself, someone else can also respect that. But I think um, especially in female friendship, because we have this pattern of jealousy and this comparison and from you know the history of our um female ancestral all of that um this i mean personally i was always afraid to be around a lot of women because i thought they're all going to talk behind my back really a lot of nasty things about me and because i felt like a lot of women like just there was a lot of evilness like manipulation Mm. and when women are in their power and in their strength they they are wholeheartedly there but if they are lost um they manipulate Mm. on small things so so if you feel that you're manipulator whatsoever it's time to go (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and generally like your heart says and if you doubt and you're clinging on let go let go let go because yeah. when you let go, someone else who's like seeing you and loving you and like hugging yeah. you will come. Yeah. 
I can attest to that. That's been my experience too. Different people, different opportunities start to reveal themselves to you um, once you kind Mm -hmm. of change your energetic field. Mm, Yeah, totally resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. So I I would love to move into, um, I guess, the last part of this, this podcast, which would be around more of the the tools and the practices. And we've talked about mm-hmm. a lot of things at a, at a higher level, you know, and you've gone mm-hmm. into some detail, for example, with the clearing and the four different levels. So you, you also mentioned that you do releasings and clearings multiple times per week. Can you share a little bit about your practices, both the mm-hmm. ones that really serve you as well as maybe the ones that you might recommend for somebody who hasn't really started to go into these deep waters yet and needs a maybe yeah. a, a softer point of entry. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So maybe starting with the more soft point of entry. So there I would start with what I also do once um, regularly is to write down whatever... Well, like if you have, let's say, let's start with um, you really want or like your deepest desire is to live in the countryside and have a big house. And then your head kicks in and tells you why you can't have that. So you write that down. And then you ask yourself, is this my ultimate truth? Is this really true? And then it's like, no, it's nonsense. Your brain is just something. And um, create what you like what you really desire so that's one of just like the journaling aspect of just like journaling out what are your limiting beliefs what are blockages asking yourself and then translating those limiting beliefs into empowering statements because our brain is so good at manipulating us <laughs> so and once we can shift that and whatever we really believe in it will happen so it's like coming like behind that. So that's one releasing to what I do on a more body level is that shaking is one of the most, the easiest release tools ever. So just like shaking your whole body all the time. I do it every day for at least 10 minutes. Um, and by shaking, I don't mean just like this, like, ah, like full on, like whole body movement. Um Stretching out your tongue and sounding with an open mouth releases your jar. And because our throat and our jar are connected to our womb and our vagina. Mm-hmm. And so the moment we open them, we release and we open our um, magical, feminine, um, beautiful parts of ourselves. So that doing every day to like open your jar and sound with an exhale, because when we sound, we release and we move energy. Mm-hmm. So sounding movement and breath are the three core fundamentals in moving energy. Mm. And whatever you do also on a, on a beautiful level, if you self pleasure and you don't sound, you won't feel the depth of your pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when you, move and you want to release if you don't sound with it you won't release everything of it mm. so sounding and that's really important because when you are and you look funky you look weird you look ah! <laughs> um but the more you do that at home the less like all then you won't stand in a supermarket line and you won't be annoyed 
mm-hmm. um, or angry at someone else because you won't project your own shit onto this person, let's say. Yeah. So, so this would be the shaking, the sounding, the breathing, um, the stretching out your tongue. Um, so these and the, the journaling are three things that I really always recommend that people can do on their own. Um, then maybe as a last is that water is our it's the most beautiful cleansing tool as well and the cleansing energy so which is why we most most of us shower every day and to just like cleanse your physical body mm-hmm. so and for me it's my practice with the ocean to hug the ocean and like whenever I'm in there I'm cleansed and yeah. um, I'm, I'm very much aware that not every human lives next to the Atlantic Ocean so the shower and whenever you feel that you're moving through something or you want to let go have a cold shower jump into a lake a river whatever water is next to you mm-hmm. um and maybe on a last on an energetic level it's always good to clear your space with um some sort of incense or palo santo or mm-hmm. sage or copal and there are tons of practices around that and different energies everybody works with um, but to also clear energy in your home, especially when you've been through a really intense um, yes, situation or conflict or just a, like heaviness to yeah. cleanse your energy so that it won't stay with you, but you can let it go. So that will be on the energetic, on the um, mental level and on the physical body level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, what is so lost in terms of release maybe is to like trust your intuition but also to trust your body so like move your body every day it releases automatically like I dance every day right like just do things that get you into your body because then it it moves energy and it moves your body and your um, physical body by that you activate the different tools of activating your emotional body but the you might then by default while dancing start crying and that's good like let it out so i think it's also the permission to because we are told and especially a lot of people that follow the yogic path um that we hold poses and we hold that structure and we mm-hmm. hold the masculine and if we hold longer we are even more amazing mm-hmm. and i believe by awakening our feminine and our intuition we need to flow more and we need to be more free and like to be free with with our movement or in the terms of like artistic way of drawing or writing to be free with our our pen right so it's like the more free you can move in a in a practice of dance for example the more expression will come out of you and the more you will be able to release on that day so the more open you will be for new experiences as well Mm -hmm. yeah and i i also can attest for how uncomfortable that can feel at first and how unfamiliar Mm -hmm. and how you feel silly or foolish or you know you're not doing it right or something like that but the more practice you have and the more you allow yourself to experience that discomfort the quicker you get to a place where you can experience the the therapeutic benefits of it right you kind of Mm -hmm. you get out of your head of judging yourself Mm -hmm. and you move into the experience of your body where it is more natural and it just flows and the the judgment 
on yourself is unnecessary. And for me, the perfectionist as my little girl, um, like it was, it's the best medicine to like the movement and all of that. And that path is totally like take it, not fully. Sometimes she comes back, but uh, like out because especially when you move and you don't move in a traditional yogic or like, guided way, let's say, but more like free flow, mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong, right? Yeah. And it shouldn't be like it's your body guides you and she is the only one who knows what you need. No one else knows. So, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm trying to also apply that same framework to the creativity and the creative process. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you don't need yeah. skills to move your body. If you want to be a professional mm-hmm. dancer where you get paid for that, then of course, like skills are generally required in that realm. But that is something different, completely altogether different. But we don't always mm-hmm. fully embrace that and understand, yeah, we have our creative superpowers within us that are always accessible mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with skills, have nothing to do with money, mm-hmm. have nothing to do with an audience, right? Those are, mm-hmm. are different things fundamentally. And one allows you... A ther- for a, a therapeutic benefit. The others, yeah. which are all outcome-based, the, the therapy isn't present in that because it's focused on the outcome rather than the process. Yeah, it's goal-oriented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so in, in sort of bringing this all home and, and yeah. bringing it to a close, I would love to ask you a, a final question, which is a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure question. Okay, bro, um, tell me. Yes, you have the option of, th- this is the piece where we distill the, the wisdom of your journey, right? Mm-hmm. You, you shared a lot about kind of your, your experience and how you moved through that period of feeling lost and disconnected and moving into a place where you feel rooted and grounded and, and found. Mm-hmm. So if you think back on an earlier stage in your journey, the choose your own adventure invitation is what wisdom would you share either to somebody else who's listening to this podcast who might be at an earlier stage of their journey or to an earlier version of yourself? Mm -hmm. What wisdom would you offer to encourage, um, commitment and momentum and faith in this process of moving from lost to found? Yeah, I would say that for me, the ultimate or what it comes back to is, and especially when you listen to a little piece of my story now, is that the body is, has always been such key and fundamental in this process. So I would always say that your soul speaks through your body Mm. and that it's time to listen Mm -hmm. and that when we have the courage to listen to everything our body tells us like the sicknesses the pain the diseases whatever we have this is when we create our like create or find our vision of ourselves Mm -hmm. when we have the courage to look into this so whatever you feel whatever discomfort you feel, whatever you stuckness you feel, know that this is just your soul trying to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And it's just her giving, it's her language to make herself be heard. 
And it's her way of knocking on your door and saying, hi, hi, it's time to change something. It's time to change something, but I'm here with you. Like you're not walking through this change process alone. Like never, like sometimes it might be that you walk. Uh, it seems like you're walking it alone, but know that you're never the only part for person who suffers from X, Y, Z. There are always other people. And that sometimes you mind yourself as broke in a healing container with a lot of different women and it helps. So, and just know that your soul or whatever you want to call it, if you don't believe in a soul, just know that whatever it is, it keeps knocking on your door until you listen. And if you don't listen, it will get louder and it will get louder and it will get louder and your pain will increase and your suffering will increase. So it's time that you listen and that you take the time to dig into the underlying roots of whatever it is that makes you feel stuck and that makes you feel give such discomfort and that you really take that courage. And it might be a week, it might be a year, it might be five years of digging, um, but it's worth it. It's worth every single minute. And every time I lost faith or I was like, oh God, another breath journey where I need to like meet my grandmother and see her suffering or go through my vaginal operation again. Um, I remembered that everything we clear, we also clear for our children. So if like, and if you don't want to have children, just look into the collective, like you're not doing this alone. You're not doing just for yourself. Whenever you clear something for yourself um, and when you listen to your deepest pain, you also listen to it for your sisters or brothers or friends or families around the world. Because whenever we shift something inside of us, we automatically shift something for the people around us. So um, you're not doing this alone, not only for yourself, also for the others. So just um, keep reminding yourself that there is courage and trust endlessly out there <laughs> and that the universe has your back always. Beautiful. Yes, this resonates with me so much. Thank you so yes. much, Hannah, mm. for showing up, for bringing your your timeless wisdom, your incredible ability to translate a lot of these really complex experiences into uh, more digestible pieces that people mm -hmm. can access a little bit easier. Uh, mm -hmm. Not everyone needs to quit their job and run off to Southeast Asia and do full immersion month long retreats. But I think the wisdom that, that you're communicating based on your experience is is really nourishing for people. Thank you, Brooke, for having me, for, yeah, for journeying together for so many years now and for being so vulnerable and honest and for, yeah, sharing your gifts even more with this podcast. So thank you for inviting me and for asking beautiful questions. And if, if somebody wants to find more information about you and the work that you're doing, where, where should we direct them? So I have a website, which is my name, so hannahrudis.com and same on Instagram and Facebook. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here, Hannah. I love you so much. Endlessly. Endlessly. I love you too, Brooke. Thank mm. you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Art of Lost and Found podcast. 
I hope that you are feeling inspired and empowered to go forth and explore your curiosity and creativity. As always, if you want any more information about any of our guests or the show notes or anything we discussed on today's episode, you can head over to www.brookeston.com slash podcast. Thank you so much and looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.